This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's BetQL Daily from BetQL. Welcome back. It is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network. Joe Ojo G with you. We'll get to some nickel and dime. Look ahead to college football next hour. We're going to talk some NBA draft here. Ricky O'Donnell joining us from SB Nation. And the NBA draft is just two days away. Thursday night's kind of snuck up on us this year because of a different schedule. The NBA just finishing uh, early last week. But we get an NBA draft. The Detroit Pistons hold the number one overall pick. And um, you could find, I mean, significant odds on Cade Cunningham, minus 10,000 to be the number one overall pick. So I'm reading this morning that maybe they're not sure yet. Ricky O'Donnell, he... Um, you you mocked Cade Cunningham number one to the Detroit Pistons. Has your mind changed on that? Do you still think Cade Cunningham is the best bet at number one? Yeah, I think Cade Cunningham is going number one regardless. I'd be really surprised, especially given the Houston Rockets reported interest in trading up to get Cade. I think if the Pistons do favor another prospect in the number one spot, they're going to work out a trade with Houston where they move back, pick up some additional assets, get the guy they want, Houston jumps up to number one and takes Cade. Now, with that being said, I still expect Detroit to take Cade with the number one overall pick on Thursday. I do think it's a strong class, but Cade's been the number one guy available in this class for almost two years at this point, dating back to uh, his breakout high school career at Montverde Academy. I think he's everything you want in a lead ball handler in today's NBA. Six foot eight, can run the pick and roll, really good shooter at Oklahoma State. So I think Cade's the top guy, and it would be a mistake for any team to pass on him. So, Ricky, help us out with the strength. You you like this draft. It sounds like you like the depth of this draft. Uh, where does it drop off if you're going to tier it out? Uh, how many are in the top tier? And then how much of a drop-off is it to uh, tiers two and three? Yeah, I'd say the top tier is Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. Uh, the clear drop-off in this draft is at the number five pick. I think between Cade and Mobley and then the two guards, Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green, you have a really solid top four in this draft. I think any of these four guys would have gotten strong consideration to go number one overall last year when Anthony Edwards eventually became the first pick to the Timberwolves. Uh, and then after four, it, it really falls off. I put Franz Wagner as the fifth pick in this draft, and that just sort of shows you where the cliff is because Wagner, even at his best, projects as sort of a really high-end role player. I view him as someone who could maybe be you know, a bigger, more dynamic Michael Bridges, similar to that. Uh, while that is a useful player in terms of winning games, it's also someone who's not going to be a takeover scorer in the league, which is typically what you're looking for with the top five pick. So I love the top four in this draft. Uh, I think especially Cade, Mobley, and Jalen Green are particularly strong as the top three. But uh, after Jalen Suggs at number four, it does tend to fall off a bit. And then the rest of the lottery is kind of a grab bag. 
Ricky, I know some people out there will try to bet, you know, where each player goes. One, two, three, four. And let, let's just keep it with the top five because you mentioned that's really where the drop-off is. There's a lot of rumors out there of trades, of significant NBA stars maybe moving and these picks moving with them. Do you, when you project the top five, are, are you looking at these players, regardless of which teams pop in there, they're kind of going to go one, two, three, four in a certain order? Or do you think who has these picks is going to impact? I know you said Cade Cunningham, number one. But let's say the you know the Raptors trade the number four pick or, or someone pops into the top five that's not there. Do you think that it could be beauty in the eye of the beholder and we get a surprise? Or do you think regardless of which teams pop in, the top four or five is the top four or five? If anyone else breaks into the top four, to me, that would be a huge surprise. There have been some rumors that Scotty Barnes has drawn interest from Toronto. Obviously, Toronto could also trade out potentially the number four spot. So Scotty Barnes is a wild card if you're looking for great value from someone on the betting board. I think that he's probably the guy you want to peg uh, inside of the top four with number four being his most likely landing spot. To me, though, it would be sort of a questionable decision to pass on Jalen Suggs to take Scotty Barnes because he does have quite a few shortcomings uh, offensively in the half court, most specifically his inability to shoot the ball from the perimeter. So uh, I think that the top four in order being – uh, Cade Cunningham, then likely Jalen Green. That's been reported for Houston if they do stick at number two. Evan Mobley at three to the Cavs. Jalen Suggs at four to the Raptors. I'd say that that is uh, pre- what, definitely what's expected to happen, uh, you know, coming into the draft on Thursday night. The five spot is where it gets really interesting. It could be Jonathan Kaminga to the Magic at number five. He's the player who's been widely projected to go there for months at this point. Scotty Barnes has also drawn a lot of uh, recent attention. I think I might give uh, a slight favoritism to Barnes at the fifth spot at this point if I'm looking at the board. So uh, it'll definitely be interesting. But uh, to me, the top four prospects in this draft will go in those slots regardless of who's drafted there. This is BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. Our guest is Ricky O'Donnell, SB Nation. Follow him on Twitter at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, Ricky, I want to go over a few players here. Then I'm taking a look at your mock that maybe you have a, a bit of disagreement uh, with the books. Uh, just get your your thoughts on the player and, and why you have a mock to a specific uh, spot here. Uh, let's start with Jalen Johnson. You're high on him. You have him going seventh to the Warriors here, and uh, the numbers, the over-under, is set at 14.5. Why do you have Johnson here? Yeah, I think when I was doing that mock, it was just sort of my own opinion mixed with what I was hearing and what I thought would be a good fit. So, uh, 14 and a half is a really interesting spot for Jalen Johnson. I think he's a super fascinating prospect. He's someone who was a five-star recruit from early in his high school career. He was supposed to be the next great one and done Duke forward following in the lines of, you know, Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram, Jabari Parker. Uh, unfortunately his career from an individual perspective and from the team perspective, just never got off to a good start. He ended up leaving the team in the middle of February, which drew some concern from NBA teams, but uh, Johnson's always been a, a really talented guy, six foot ten, great passer in the open court, a really interesting defender in terms of his ability to force blocks and steals. He's another guy who struggles to shoot in the half court, though. That could push him down the board. Uh, I think he'd be great value outside of the lottery for any team from a betting mm-hmm. perspective. Uh, maybe he will fall down because of the, some of the character concerns, but uh, to me, Jalen Johnson, there's not 14 guys in this draft class more talented than Jalen Johnson. There's no doubt. 
Here's another player that you're higher on than the betting market. You've got Jaden Springer going 12th to, to the San Antonio Spurs. The number there is uh, 22 and a half. What was your thought process? For sure. Springer is one of my favorite players in this class. He's the youngest American player in this class, four years younger than Davion Mitchell, uh, more than a year younger than Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley at the top of the class. So Springer, I think, has been a really interesting prospect since his high school days at IMG Academy. He didn't really get to show his full offensive package at Tennessee this year, which has sort of pushed him down the draft board a bit. But he's the most ferocious on-ball defender among the guards in this class, I think. And he's someone who I think has a really bright long-term future. Now, will he go inside the top 20? It's tough to say. Again, I think that 22 and a half is, a, is an interesting spot for him. Mm-hmm. But the Knicks do have two picks. Uh, at 19 and 21, they need a guard. The Knicks may be thinking more win now in their moves rather than taking the youngest American player in the draft, Jaden Springer. But to me, it would be a big mistake for the Knicks to pass on him if he's still on the board. So... Uh, I want to say that I, I would think the NBA teams would, uh, you know, prioritize his youth and his upside inside of the top 20. It's going to be tough to say, but I think he's one of the most enticing prospects in this draft. And uh, Ricky, the player that you're a bit down on is Corey Kispert of Gonzaga. Everybody knows him. The line is set at 13 and a half and you have Kispert going 20th to the Hawks. Yeah, again, another situation where I was sort of putting my personal evaluation into it, mixed with some things I'm hearing. I think Kispert certainly could go uh, high in the lottery, four-year player, a very good shooter. Sort of reminds you a little bit of someone like Doug McDermott. You could also compare him a little bit to someone like Cameron Johnson, who the Suns reached on in the draft a few years ago, and he just ended up playing a very critical role in their NBA Finals team. So uh, Kispert has you know defined strengths and weaknesses six foot seven guard very quick trigger as a shooter deep range you're going to be able to run him off movement he fits into a pretty narrow role in the nba where you expect him to contribute right away i worry that he's sort of a one-dimensional player and that he's not going to give you much else aside from the outside shooting uh while it is a valuable skill i think that you know that could push him down the board a bit uh it'll be fascinating though to see where kispert ends up Ricky, you mentioned earlier uh, Wagner uh, from Michigan that you like him, and you kind of mentioned maybe he would creep his way up. You could find um, under nine and a half uh, his draft position at plus money. What's your gut telling you right now? What are you hearing on on Wagner and and where he could go? Because that's interesting. You had him mocked a little bit below that. If he goes above it, you can win plus money if you take it. He's going top nine, I think for sure. So that that's one I feel somewhat confident on for two reasons. One, the Grizzlies just traded up yesterday to the 10th pick. There's rumors that the Grizzlies want to trade up even higher. They went from 17 to 10. So now they're sitting at 10, and supposedly they want to get up even higher in the draft. Well, why would they want to get up higher? It's because the rumor right now is that Franz Wagner is going to go ninth to the Sacramento Kings. So I think that that ninth pick should be the floor for Wagner, who I do think is the caliber of prospect worthy of going in the top 10. And potentially the Grizzlies are going to trade up in front of the Kings to go get him. Now, obviously the Grizzlies could be targeting someone else. There's also been some rumors, say like Josh Giddy, an Australian point guard who's really interesting as well. Uh, so it's tough to say, but if it was me, I would take under nine and a half for Wagner just because it seems like the Kings at nine should be his floor. I would think, though, the Kings are constantly a wild card in the NBA draft. You never really know what they're thinking. Uh, and there's still a good chance the Grizzlies could leapfrog them to take them even earlier. 
with SB Nation's Ricky O'Donnell here on BetQL Daily. Uh, give us the Ricky O'Donnell favorite. Player not getting enough love, maybe later in the first round. You can't wait to see the landing spot and what they develop into. Yeah, you're setting me up perfectly for this. I got to go with Sharif Cooper, point guard from Auburn. I interviewed him a couple days ago. I'll have a story on him uh, later today at SBNation.com. He's the best playmaker in the draft. Absolutely blazing first step, incredible vision, uh, just elite live dribble passer. Uh, he's very small. He's probably only about 6'1", 180 pounds of that. Uh, struggles to shoot from the outside, but his ability to you know manipulate the defense and make passes off the dribble rivals someone like Trey Young or John Moran. He had a 51% assist rate at the college level, which would have led the country if uh, he qualified for the leaderboard. I think the reason he's not getting a lot of hype right now is because there was a lengthy NCAA investigation into his eligibility at the start of the year, uh, kept him out until mid-January, only ended up playing 12 games. Auburn took a tournament ban uh, before he enrolled at school from the FBI investigation from three years earlier. So to me, Cooper's been a stud uh, since he's entered the basketball world. He won the EYBL Offensive Player of the Year on the Nike circuit at the AAU level, led his high school team, McEachern High in Georgia, to an undefeated season where they played a national schedule, uh, beat Evan Mobley's team and a bunch of other prep academies. So Cooper, outside of Cade Cunningham, I think is the best shot creation ability in the draft. Shot creation is a hyper-valuable skill in the NBA, and uh, I think he's, he's the best sleeper in the first round. Ricky, right now you can find Cunningham Green Mobley. If that's the exact order of the first three picks, you can find that at minus 120. So if, if you like that, if you believe that's it, you, it's not an overwhelming favorite where you're paying a lot to, to win a little bit there. Do you think that will be the order? As we sit here now a couple nights before the draft, Cunningham one, Green two, Mobley three. Is that what you'd guess would be the first three picks in the NBA draft? You know, I think that second pick is a wild card there. If it was up to me, I'd say Evan Mobley is clearly the second best pick in the draft. I would take Evan Mobley over Jalen Green. Now, what's been reported to this point is that the Rockets with the second pick are looking at Jalen Green over Mobley. But don't forget the Rockets have a new GM in Raphael Stone. They've really beefed up their scouting department. They hired Chris Wallace from the Grizzlies a couple days ago. They hired a bunch of guys off Twitter. So I think you don't really know what the Rockets, are thinking in terms of coming into this draft. Everyone's sort of drawing blind. Uh, It's been reported that they prefer Green over Mobley. Green, from a certain perspective, could be the safer bet of the two, I think. Uh, But I don't know if those odds are good enough to get me to bite, just because there is a little bit of intrigue at number two. Uh, I think Evan Mobley could easily go number two, especially if there's a trade-out. So while I would say that that's the favorite right now, Cunningham one, Green two, Mobley three, Uh, I'm not sure if those odds are quite good enough to get me to bite on that. Ricky, as a Bulls fan and a draft, Nick, do you wish they had that eighth overall pick instead of Vucevic? Yeah, I'd say I'm not really missing the draft pick this year. Maybe it's because the Bulls have whiffed on their last nine first-rounders, basically, (laughs) uh, post-Jimmy Butler. Uh, Uh We won't include Patrick Williams in that yet because I think he could still have a pretty bright future. But uh, from the Bulls' perspective, I think that you know they basically – uh, waited long enough for the players they drafted to mature into dependable contributors, and that just didn't happen. So I think the draft falls off a cliff uh, after number four. With the eighth pick, I would have liked someone like Franz Wagner, Jalen Johnson, or Sharif Cooper, but uh, I think you know they probably made the right move of trying to acquire another veteran, trying to capitalize on Zach Levine's prime, and finally trying to win some games uh, for what's been a, a 
pretty terrible stretch for the franchise post Jimmy Butler. Ricky O'Donnell, SB Nation, talking NBA draft. It is two nights away. Ricky, we appreciate you hopping on, and uh, we'll check in again online. Thank you. Thanks, guys. There goes Ricky there. How about that? The number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. Significant fear, but he thinks it could be up in the air after one. Could be surprised. I'm excited. I, I, you know, any sport except for Major League Baseball, I get hyped for draft night. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be placing a lot of wagers next 48 hours. Yeah, I'm in as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Coming up on the other side, let's play a little nickel or dime. Joe Gilio, Joe Ostrowski, this is Beck UL Daily on the Beck UL Network.